It was 10 years ago that Grape Encounters Radio was born inside a crumbling old barn far off the beaten path in California's Central Coast wine country. Host David Wilson and his team had to keep it underground. After all, they were going to present wine in a very different, a very unpretentious way. The wine snobs were not going to like this one bit. There would be protests, tar and feathers, Supreme Court challenges, and more. The Grape Encounters team was going to challenge the old ways and fight to return wine to the masses without fear of guilt for not knowing how to pronounce terroir or sommelier or gewürztraminer or viognier. This week, Grape Encounters marches forward for wine enthusiasts from every walk of life. Over the past 10 years, we've learned one very valuable lesson. People dig what we've been sharing. Heck, even the Supreme Court justices are having more fun with their wine. Except one or two who like beer. Today, we're off and running with a very different kind of wine show that is as much about you as it is about what you have in your glass. We're here to make wine more fun. So buckle up for one heck of a ride as we uncork the next decade of Grape Encounters. And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter. i got to tell you what, I am so excited about something that is coming up August 19th through the 25th. And actually, I'm going to be up at this event even a few days longer than that. For those who got the chance to tune in to the fairly long series that we did up in Oregon, it was a great time, man. We had a wonderful time. And what was really cool is that some of the big wigs in the Oregon wine world were tuning in to what we were doing. And we got invited to be a part of something that's been on my radar for a really super long time. And now we're a presenting sponsor. And what's even better about it is, is that I get to go up there, spend a week up in Jacksonville, Oregon for something called the Oregon Wine Experience. And if you know anything about Oregon wines, you probably have the Oregon Wine Experience on your radar because it is the big kahuna of wine events. And I got two folks on the line right now. The first one I want to introduce is Floyd Harmon. And he is the executive director of the Asante Foundation. And they are the ones who put on the Oregon Wine Experience. And Floyd, welcome. Great. It's great to be here, David. Appreciate the opportunity to chat with your audience today. Ah, it's cool. And, you know, I know, I feel very confident that there are people that are listening all over the country, you know, we go coast to coast, that are going to come out to Jacksonville for this event because there are only a certain number of wine events that really merit you getting on a plane and coming out and spending a week in a wonderful place like Jacksonville and actually Southern Oregon in general. In fact, you know, you could stay longer and just travel the whole state for that matter. But this is definitely one of them. And this is an event I've wanted to go to forever. Can't wait to get up there. And there's a guy who is also on the line with us right now. He's not just a guy. He and I are so simpatico because he and I both grew up with chubby little Italian grandmother. <laughs> and he was on back at the end of last year. We had him on the show and we stopped by his place. And I tell you what, one of my favorite all-time winery stops. And it's Dan Marka from Dance and Vineyards. And Dan, welcome. 
Well, thank you, David. That was very, very kind. I'm not sure my grandmother would appreciate the compliments, but happy to be part of the show. <laughs> was your grandmother not chubby? Did I make an assumption there? Um, she was very loving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, this is the first time I've been able to come on the air and really make the announcement that we're going to be in Jacksonville. And and by the way, I want to tell every listener that I'm going to be there. If you write me, uh, go to grapeencounters.com, you know, use the email link, write me. We're going to throw a private party in Jacksonville for our listeners. And I, I make that promise. So if you're in Jacksonville, you come to the event, you let me know, you'll get an invitation. It's going to be cool. But uh, first of all, let's talk about the uh, Asante Foundation for a second, Floyd, and just give people an overview about what you guys do and how important this event is to your mission. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, and, and your listeners all really love and just to talk a little bit about what you were just mentioning, having people come out, but Oregon Wine Experience is developing into the one of the top destination wine and culinary events in the country. Yeah. It's really highlighting the full breadth and depth of Oregon wine. And so uh, it's a great opportunity to get people together and for a great cause. So Asante Foundation is a three-hospital system that serves Southern Oregon, Northern California, and, and Eastern Oregon. The proceeds benefit Children's Miracle Network. We are an assigned Children's Miracle Network hospital. Awesome. And what that means is is we provide the the highest level of pediatric care for our region. So we have the neonatal intensive care. Probably every woman that has a high-risk pregnancy will come here to uh, give birth so that their baby has the latest medical opportunity uh, during those critical times. And so uh, we're also uh, getting ready to build a new children's hospital here in the near future. And so the funds uh, that we raise from everybody that comes here to celebrate this uh, event and this state and this, these wines and the culinary will help benefit and build that new hospital for those kids. And you know what's so amazing is just one healthy baby that wouldn't have otherwise been is worth everybody pitching in for this event. Just one baby, just one. Well, and you're absolutely right. And you think about it, you know, you, you talk about it all the time. You know, it's, you know, people come together around wine and they come together around food. And, you know, this is an opportunity to come and really experience uh, everything Oregon uh, and come here and and, uh, enjoy all this and, and the camaraderie and the friendship and the experiences throughout the week. And everything you do and every uh, cent that you give goes to help kids and, and other healthcare programs here that serve so many people. So it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, and we're very excited about it. And we're really excited about how this event has developed in its short time. And, and it's, again, becoming something people just don't want to miss. It's a win-win for everybody except for the pregnant moms who aren't going to be drinking wine <laughs> while they're bringing to the, yeah, the well, baby David, to two. Everybody yeah. needs a designated driver as well. So we can... Designated driver who can't get behind the steering wheel. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this subject that we're on today, which is barrel auctions. Because And it's not just about the Oregon wine experience, but about the really good wine events that take place around the country often have what's called a barrel auction. This is where I'm going to get Dan to jump in for a second. Dan, explain what a barrel auction is. Because, I mean, first of all, a barrel of wine is what, 25 cases? It's approximately 25 cases, 60 gallons of wine. So we basically provide an opportunity for guests to bid on different varietals of wine. It could be Pinot Noir, it could be Chardonnay, it could be Barbera. The beautiful part about this region is that we can grow up to 70 different varieties. So 
the different varieties are placed within certain areas. So you can taste two or three different Pinot Noirs or two or three different Chardonnays, and you can roam the area and just taste through these barrels and try to determine which wines you really want to have. And many of these wines are barrel select offerings. You know, they're one of a kind. They're Oregon wine experience exclusives. And I was looking at the list of the wineries that are actually donating to the barrel auction. And there's some really awesome top names there. And you, of course, being, you know, one of those. Now, will they all donate a barrel or will it be a half barrel? How does that exactly work? I'll take that one. Yeah, it says, oh, and, it, and it varies. There are some like uh, Danson uh, who donate the full barrel. And those, a lot of those are the, as Dan is mentioning, those Oregon Wine Experience exclusives. These are barrels that are specifically made for this event that you can get nowhere else but here. And then uh, we have others that will do uh, smaller batch exclusives. That Those are uh, 10 case lots. And then we have some others that do some 5K slots. So again, for the bidding public, you get to come and and, uh, actually do a barrel tasting so you can taste directly uh, from the barrel. And then you can bid on those wine futures and buy anywhere from one case to the entire barrel. So literally, I could walk around and they, they put what's called a wine thief down in the barrel. I get to taste the wine right out of the barrel. And if I love it, I could say I could bid on this barrel and I could own the barrel. Now, Dan, do you take the barrel, throw it in the back of the pickup truck and then uh, haul it off to their place or are you going to bottle it for them? So we basically would bottle it for them. The Oregon Wine Experience provides a specific label. They also have the option to do a personalized label as well. And once it's bottled, they're welcome to uh, come by, pick up the wines. That is so amazingly cool. Hey, guys, stay with me for just a second. We're talking to Floyd Harmon. Uh, he is the executive director of the Asante Foundation that puts on the Oregon Wine Experience. And then Dan Marca, who I just fell in love with in a, in a brotherly sort of way, by the way, Dan, when I was up there, had the best meal at Dance and Vineyards. And by the way, it's D-A-N-C-I-N. That's Dan and Cindy is his wife, right? And, that is correct. Uh, but I thought it was dancing, and then you've got a woman dancing on your label. So uh, it's it's a double entendre, right? That's right. You know, you should put out a wine called Double Entendre. You know, I'll consider that. I'll talk to uh, <laughs> the young lady who does the dancing, and uh, we'll see what she has to say I, about I like that. the idea. Okay, will you guys stay with me for just a second? We're going to come back in just a second with more, and we're talking about the Oregon Wine Experience and the barrel auction, and, you know, kind of barrel auctions in general, because there's a lot of opportunity to do this around the world, and it's a great way to own a wine that nobody else can get. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. You're listening to Grape Encounters Radio with your host, David Wilson. We've got 500 episodes under our belt, and we've barely scratched the surface, which is why you'll never find wine in the short subject section of your library. It seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. 
From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com. Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead. Perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild, and people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bonafide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to lynnbwilson.com. That's lynnbwilson.com. Live the life you imagine. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Did you know that our studio is built in one of America's top-rated wine bars? You know what that means, don't you? Yep. When we uncork a new episode, you can uncork something very special indeed. Hey, I cannot wait, you guys. I am so incredibly excited because on August 23rd, I'm going to be at the Founders Barrel Auction at the Oregon Wine Experience, which is going to take place in Jacksonville. I have my hotel room. You can probably get a hotel room with no trouble if you book it now. But on the line with me is the executive director of the Asante Foundation. And this is a three-hospital chain that does some amazing stuff. And Floyd Harmon, it's in Southern Oregon, right? You're mostly Southern Oregon, right? Yeah, we serve uh, nine counties and over 600,000 people in Southern Oregon, all the way to the coast, Eastern Oregon, and uh, Northern California. And then also with me is Dan Mark, uh, and he and his wife Cindy were the founders of Dance and Vineyards, which, by the way, oh my gosh, if you're going to Oregon and you're going to go any place in Oregon to taste wine, go to Danson. It is, first of all, in an incredibly idyllic setting. Second of all, they feed you there, and they feed you amazing food inspired by Dan's Italian grandmother, just like mine. Third of all, they make amazing wine. I mean, just crazy, delicious wine. And that's the truth, Dan. You didn't pay me to say that, did you? I did not pay you to say that. And you're very kind. And we greatly appreciate uh, that. You welcome all visitors. So there's quite a few people that are donating to the barrel auction. And I think what's really just incredibly cool about it is you get to taste the wine in the barrel. Just as a point of curiosity, Dan, the wines that are in the barrel, are they pretty much as aged as they're going to be? Or will they sometimes need to cook a little longer? Depends on the variety that the winery is offering. So in our case, if we're providing Pinot Noir, we typically will bottle it shortly after the barrel auction on something like that, maybe six months. Yeah, okay. So they might have to be patient then. 
How do that's you, true. Floyd, how do you go about getting people? I mean, that's a huge donation, by the way. I mean, when you think about what a case of wine could cost, a case of wine could be easily three to $500. So retail... Well, absolutely. It's amazing. And it really shows how the wine industry and our winery partners are coming together to just make this event, you know, bigger and better every year. And uh, it is a big donation. And we really work with them to help attract some of the top folks that can come and be introduced to the wine at its earliest stage. I mean, the Oregon wine experience is about experience. And as we all know, all of us who love wine, those experiences are broad from tasting it right in, out of the barrel and it's young and unfiltered form and many times and, and being able to evaluate the wine, to talk to the winemakers, to talk to the winery owners about their inspiration, to be able to you know, just assess what it's going to be. And then, you know, if we love it, uh, to bid on those and know that uh, 100% of those proceeds will benefit kids' health. So the Oregon wine experience has always been about bringing people together. And, and our winery partners have really been in the lead for helping us get this event to the stature that it is today. Floyd, how many years now? Well, this is our uh, uh, fifth year. I think we're we're into our sixth year. Boy, uh, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, It's uh, growing amazingly well. Last year, we raised over $1.3 Oh, my gosh, Uh, yeah. This year, we're hoping to raise $1.5 So, again, it's a lot of people coming together. We had over 4,600 attendees for all the Oregon Wine Experience events and had over 100 wineries from around the state. We celebrate the full breadth and depth of Oregon wines, not single varietals or single regions, but every region in the state, every AVA. Uh, And it's uh, the opportunity for the people who attend and are to come here and really taste what Oregon is all about. I don't know if you know this, but Grape Encounters is going to be donating an auction lot this year to the Oregon Wine Experience where we're going to host the winners or the bidders, the top bidder on the lot to come to our Central Coast California wine area where you will get a VIP tour like you cannot possibly imagine. Um, and we do this for the uh, event Wine Song, which benefits the Mendocino Hospital up in Northern California. And we've been doing this for a couple of years, and it's been really super successful. So we're pitching in, too. Well, and it's awesome. And thank you for your generosity. But it is. It, it's everybody coming together for all the right reasons. And I found that when people come together for the right reasons, good things happen. And uh, we're so excited about how that all comes together. And I can tell you, every single one of our guests comes away saying, when is next year? I can't wait to come. And the Founders Barrel Auction is probably the most unique event of this entire uh, week. The event goes on for a total of how many days then? It's throughout the week. We have some Oregon Wine University classes. So, yeah, For example, we have the Riedel glass class. If anybody's ever tried one of those, you come and learn how uh, the shape of the glass and the type of the glass can change how wine tastes. And uh, it's a great class. We have a local wine expert, Dr. Peter Addisman, who, who does a uh, sort of Oregon versus the old world where he compares different varieties from uh, old world wines and new world wines here in Oregon. Our medal celebration kicks off our event on Thursday. That's where we announce the winners of the Oregon Wine Competition, and we uh, get to taste all those great wines that were identified by some of the top wine judges in the world. We have our Miracle Auction and Salmon Bake on uh, Saturday. I've heard that that Salmon Bake is a sight to behold. Well, it's unbelievable. The Coquel Tribe uh, brings their fresh salmon over from the coast. 
Uh, we cut a fire pit. We fired up with alder wood, and they cook the fresh salmon plank style like uh, the Indians have been cooking it for 10,000 years. It is actually an unbelievable feast. We have some uh, local chefs that do all the farm-to-table accompaniments and uh, proteins, and it is just a culinary delight. And that evening, we only serve the gold and silver medal winning wine, so you get all the best wines, all the best food. It's a true Oregon event. And then we uh, raise some money for kids' health with some fantastic auction items. Uh, it is a night not to miss. Let's jump back to Dan. We just got a couple minutes left. Dan, what's going to be in your barrel? This year, we're going to uh, present a Barbera. Uh, we did Barbera last year. It was very well received. Oh, we were I honored love, to... I uh, loved your Barbera. I loved your Barbera. Thank you. And, and we actually tied for uh, first place for the value of the wine, which was fantastic for a great cause. You know, the one thing I do want to say about the event that Floyd hasn't mentioned is just the work that the Asante Foundation puts into this event. I mean, this event is so professionally managed and thought out. It's just absolutely incredible for all attendees to experience. Oh, that's great. All right, guys, let's do a quick commercial here. Dan, for people who want to know about dance and vineyards, give yourself a plug. So for people that want to know about dancing, we are located about a mile away from the Oregon wine experience, uh, just a mile outside of Jacksonville. Uh, we focus in on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, Italian varieties, as well as Syrah. We also do most of our tastings table side, and we have some pretty amazing locally sourced food that we serve as well. And you can visit us at dancing.com for more information. And uh, Floyd, for folks who want to know more about this event, the Oregon Wine Experience, you can certainly just Google Oregon Wine Experience. That's probably just the easiest way to do it. Well, I'll tell you one of the easiest ways, and it's real easy. It's theoregonwineexperience.com, theoregonwineexperience.com. Watch some of the videos about the event. You can see how we've developed over the years and what a beautiful time it is for all. If you want to know Oregon wine, you have to know the Oregon wine experience. And I will see you there and, and drop me a note. I'll hook up with you personally there. Thank you guys so much for being on. Thank Great, you, Thanks so much. And I uh, really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to coming back on and talking to your listeners again. Hey, thanks, guys. We're going to be back with Bye. more Grape Encounters, and we will see you in Jacksonville, Oregon. Guys, you're awesome. Thank you very right, much. Thanks appreciate much. it very much. We've got to take a breather for a minute or two. Don't go away. Remember, if we don't let the wine breathe, it's impossible for the show to be done in good taste. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. 
The Central Coast of California is world-renowned for exceptional wines, but it's also one of the most vibrant and alluring travel destinations in America because the wide range of things to see and do here is absolutely astonishing. From stunning beaches to breathtaking hiking trails to world-class dining, artisan craftswork, and so much more, California's Central Coast is addictive. For those visiting this magical region, there's no better place to call home base than the city of Atascadero. Atascadero is perfectly centered in the middle of everything you'll want to see and do while you're here. A true slice of Americana. The locals here are eager to welcome you, and the accommodations are plentiful, comfortable, and affordable. Atascadero is a 365 days a year destination with mild winter weather and mostly sunny days, even when the rest of the country is bundled up. For more information about the warm and welcoming town of Atascadero, log on to visitatascadero.com. Discover the California Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio. After 10 years and 500 episodes, David has become very comfortable with breaking the rules, as you'll see momentarily, which is all well and good as long as he doesn't break our expensive glasses. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. And now, you know what? I get to talk to a guy. He's been on my radar for years and years and years and years and years, but he has not been in my airspace, I guess I should say. And we've never actually had a chance to talk until today. And I'm really excited to talk to him because he plays a very interesting role in the wine industry. He's very, very well known and to be truthful, is responsible for some very terrific wines that you probably became familiar with at places like Costco. And his name is Cameron Hughes. And Cameron, welcome to Grape Encounters. Uh, David, I'm thrilled that I'm finally here. Man, well, you, now you know you've made it. You've made that. You've hit the big times. Yeah, that's right. That's it. <laughs> Put this on my wall. I'm sitting here staring at a bottle of Lot 671. And I, w- I want to just tell listeners what happened because, you know, I get messages and emails and things every day, many times a day, actually, from people who make wine and they, they want to know if uh, do I want to try it? Do I want to talk about it? And, you know, because we're not really a wine review show, I do like to know about the wines and I try as many as I possibly can. And also because I own a, a brick and mortar wine shop, I'm interested in tasting as much as I can from that perspective as well. But I, you know, had known your name for such a long time and I said, heck yeah, send me out a bottle. I'd, I'd like to see what that wine is all about. Now, what's interesting is, is that I didn't know the price on the bottle. And for some reason, I had it in my head that it was maybe like a $60, $70 wine. That was just what was in my head. I wasn't thinking, Cameron. And they sent me three bottles, as a matter of fact. And I opened up the first bottle and I was so amazed by it. I had some friends come over and I said, you got to try this. And I still didn't even go online to check the price. So next time I'm sitting at my computer, I send a note back to your PR company. How much is this stuff? They told me the price and I was so floored. And it really renewed my faith in the idea that you can get really, really amazing, delicious wine for not very much money. I mean, this is a wine that I really wanted to talk about because it's so good. And you have a reputation for doing this. I mean, you sell wines very inexpensively. And I will say this, that there are other well-known inexpensive brands that I wouldn't put in my glass or even allow into my house. 
but this is really extraordinary. I just wanted to tell you so. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. How's that for a review without a single tasting note in it? <laughs> That's what people want. They just want to know it's good, right? You know, isn't that the truth? They really don't care about berries and cassis and saddle leather and barnyard. It, it should and all just that. be a plus, a plus or a minus, right? Instead of a score, it's like it either works for its price point or it doesn't. Yeah, right. Like, it either you know hits the mark, outperforms, but that's it. That's all you need. In, in everything else in life, we're we're allowed to like thumbs up, thumbs down, right? Five stars, four, right. four stars. We go on Yelp. You, if you got right. four stars and above, you're in, baby. But with wine, yep. we, we have to dissect it, and we got to know everything about it. You know, imagine if you if, right. if you had to do that with everything in your life. Like every time you got in your car, you had to lift up the hood and figure out how all of the little mechanisms under the hood work. You'd be you'd drive yourself nuts. But for some reason, yep. and I have to admit, I, you know, I, we're we're just as guilty of this as anybody. You know, we love touting our scores and putting out, you know, ridiculously complex tasting notes. So we're just as guilty as anybody else over here at Cameron's Wine, for sure. Yeah, but you know, there are those who really want that information, and you know, if if it's there for the people who want it, you know, that's terrific. But for the rest of the world, you know, what if the wine's good, buy it, drink it, love it, and and you know, spend your conversation talking about the kids and grandkids not about the wine itself but in uh, but, but we're <laughs> right. gonna but we're gonna forego that idea for a second here because i do want to talk about what you do okay cameron hughes wines sure you've been around it looks like about 18 years i'm thinking yeah we started so 2001 ish and it was back then putting together funky red table wine blends i was ahead of the curve right i mean now red blends are the hottest thing but 20 years ago, putting together a, you know, a table wine red blend under the Synergy label that we had back then. Right. Um, you know, it was a bit of a challenge to get off the ground, uh, but it informed the next, you know, iteration of the company, which was the lot program, which has been enormously successful. And how many different lots right now are you, and, and I don't, I, you know, I, I guess I, I use the word produce. You do and you don't produce the wines. And let's explain before we get any further what you do you're called a negotiant sure and and yeah. so, and, and so that's a that's a it's it's an unusual role in the wine business for the average consumer right you know in france they uh negotiants actually do crush and produce wine um but the the moniker here in the us has tended to be associated with folks that are buying bulk wine and don't let the bulk part fool you yes you're you can buy 100,000 gallons at a whack of you know, $5 a gallon Central Valley Chardonnay, or, you know, you're looking at 600 gallons of, you know, $85 a gallon Napa Cabernet, right? So it's everything in between. And so what I do, I'm looking for the needle in a haystack, right? Like yesterday, I tasted through 200 wines uh, and picked out about 12 uh, that uh, I brought back with me. And um, they vary in size from 4,000 gallons to 600 gallons. And it's Sierra Foothills, Barbera to Napa Cabernet to Dry Creek uh, Sauvignon Blanc, right? That uh, we'll take, uh, we'll go back and panel and watch these wines over a couple of days, see how they evolve. And if they hold up together, then we will purchase them. 
and bottle them under a lot number. And uh, we do do some blending on the wine, so we'll finish it out. So that's really the production side. And sometimes, you know, we're putting a few wines together into that blend or just, you know, putting 1% or 2% in, right? And uh, the wine that we're talking about today, Lot 671, that was pre-blended, ready to go. We didn't touch it other than bottle it. That's it. But, but yeah, that's it. And, you know, guys sell wine off for a variety of different reasons. Uh, right now, there's uh, an oversupply. We've just had like, you know, basically five of the last six harvests have been uh, bountiful and high quality. And Napa Valley's really been pushing up against price points. And so they're seeing kind of growth stopping there. And so guys come to us, you know, with excess inventory. It's all high quality. And some of it is not. Uh, and we skip over those, right? And we buy it, we bottle it, and we ship it direct to consumer, cut out the middlemen, and offer people a great value. The sacrifice of the downside is it's an adventure, right? It's a constant new and different wines. So there's not a lot of consistency other than the wines do reflect where they come from, right? So there's a quote-unquote terroir aspect to it. I think the wines, we really try to have them maintain the voice of where they come from. Well, and, and, and I think that's what true wine drinkers, wine enthusiasts want is, you know, yes. I, I don't want to drink, and, and and this is to take nothing away from um, the, the Robert Mondavis or the Kendall Jacksons of the world that put out, you know, uh, a couple of million bottles of the, the same exact wine year after year after year after year, and it's consistent, and you wouldn't know one year from the other. Yep. That's yeah, great. God bless them. That's for that's, that's, yeah, a, that's not that, for me or you. That's right? a, that's an art form. I like the idea that that I could find a wine like you've got here. This wine is absolutely rock solid. And what does this sell for? This lot six seven one. So roughly six seventy one is it's about seventy percent seventy seven percent Rutherford or no I'm sorry Oakville Appalachian twenty three percent Mount Veter and it's a Cab Cab Franc Merlot blend with a few other Bordelais varieties in there and it's twenty four bucks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, the people that go into Trader Joe's and, and God bless Charles Shaw Wines, you know, they deserve all the credit in the world for what they've <laughs> been able, been able yep. to do. But when I see people wheeling out, you know, four and five cases of that wine, and I'm, I'm not taking a position on the wine. I just, it's not what I drink, but, you know, to each his own. And I think, holy God, you could buy, um, this wine here at $20 a bottle by the case, and you'd have some really seriously wonderful wines to pour your guests. And we're talking about, uh, I think, miles apart from a lot of those other, you know, those $4, $5, $3 wines, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is this is first-class stuff. It sees 100% new oak. It's uh, produced in, you know, concrete egg fermenters. You know, it's built for multi-hundred-dollar price point. And yet, it seems odd to me. Actually, I'm going to have to take a break right now, so I'll, I'll save this question. But it does seem, seem seem odd to me that any winemaker who made a wine this good would let it go. I mean, and they had to let it yeah, go. Yeah, we'll talk to, about that when we get back. Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> I'll tell anyway. you why. We're talking, we're talking to Cameron Hughes. It's Cameron Hughes Wines, and it's a name that you're probably familiar with. He's uh, sold a lot of wine out there and uh, was a big brand in Costco, but now it's direct-to-consumer. Uh, we're going to talk more with Cameron in just a second here on Grape Encounters Radio. Stay with us. 
Sometimes drinking wine makes you just want to curl up in a comfy chair and dream about puppy dogs, faraway places, and other happy thoughts. Or you can just enjoy that cuvee in your glass and lose yourself in the conversation on Grape Encounters Radio. seems like a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't tell me how lucky I am to be able to taste the multitude of wines that I get to try as part of my job. And while that certainly is true, what is also true is that a great number of wines that I do taste just don't cut it. That's why it gives me so much pleasure to tell you about the wines from Peak Ranch, made in the San Ynez Valley on the central coast of California. As exciting as these wines are, I'm especially proud of the fact that they're produced by my oldest friend of all time, John Wagner, along with his charming wife, Jill. John was always the smartest kid in school, and I was always just a tad bit jealous of his determination to be the best. So when I found out that he was the producer of these utterly fantastic wines, I wasn't the least bit surprised. From their remarkably elegant Pinots to their perfectly balanced Chardonnay and luscious Syrahs, it's no surprise that the wines produced at Peak Ranch are simply as good as it gets, and they have the scores to prove it. Log on to peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. You can buy their wines online, which means it'll be the best time you ever spend on the Internet. Go to peakranch.com. Ten years ago, I created Grape Encounters Radio while living in breathtaking Lake Arrowhead. Perched about an hour above the Southern California metropolis in the majestic San Bernardino National Forest. Lake Arrowhead is a place where wine lifestyle flourishes, imaginations run wild, and people come from around the world to discover a more peaceful and re-energizing way of life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Lynn B. Wilson, a bona fide leader in resort real estate sales. From charming alpine cottages to stunning estates on the shores of shimmering Lake Arrowhead, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates have been changing lives for decades. If you truly want to live on top of the world, Lynn B. Wilson and Associates can show you how. They'll even host you in luxury accommodations while you explore the limitless possibilities. Log on to lynnbwilson.com. That's lynnbwilson.com. Live the life you imagine. People often ask, why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. Back with Grape Encounters Radio, Cameron Hughes is my guest, and I couldn't be happier. Cameron Hughes' wines are phenomenal wines. I've got a bottle here. I'm down to my last one. They sent me three. The first two were gone within an hour. I was shocked, Cameron. That Meritage, it was just so incredibly delicious. Do you happen to know what the proportions are in this lot 671? I have it right here. 39 cab, 32 cab franc, 26 PV, two Merlot, one Malbec. Excellent. Glad to see that Cab Franc in there. Cab Franc is making a huge comeback, is it not right now? We can't keep it in stock when we bottle it as a single varietal. It blows out. Yeah, people love it. It's, it's funny. People are discovering Cab Franc and thinking that it's something new when, in fact, it, it was the <laughs> big daddy of the Bordeaux family, and it just became forgotten, I think, for a while. And now it's like, I can't keep it on the shelves of our wine 
online store. As quick as it comes in, it goes out. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the most reliable Bordeaux grape out there. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So you ran into a little bit of trouble a few years back. Oh, it started back in 2012. So I guess, in essence, the juice dried up. How does it happen? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it started in 2010. Uh, we had the frost uh, that decimated a lot of vineyards, and uh, that was a short year. 2011, we had rain during fruit set, which, you know, just all hens and chicks. So a lot of poor quality wine was produced. So supply just dried up on us. We were growing like a weed, doing it without any, you know, equity on the balance sheet. So all cash flow. And, you know, we had grown to, in a matter of years, a top 40 wine company here in the U.S. And then all of a sudden, there wasn't a lot of good inventory to work with out there. So we popped the covenant with a bank and they basically sat on our necks for a couple of years and we fought back and forth. It took us about four years to kind of get rid of the wholesale business, which was what was costing us money. The internet had always done well for us. Costco had always done well for us. But once we exercised that leg, so to speak, you know, we came in and brought in a partner that took out the bank and we've been kicking ass ever since. So and it's all good. In the end. And that's Vintage Wine Estates, which is one of the biggest wine companies in, in America. Yeah, and talk about growing like a weed. Those guys are picking up brands left and right, but they've been great partners. And it's nice to have a, a rock solid balance sheet behind you because guys trust. You know, that's one of the key things when you're buying bulk wine. Most of these are handshake deals, right? Yeah. And there's not much more than that that goes on. And no signatures, nothing. You'd be surprised. And so uh, guys want to know they're going to get paid in 30 days, that you're going to get out of there on time. And, you know, with an operation, uh, a world class operation like this behind you, it really makes my job easier. For sure. So we were wrapping up the last segment and I threw a question out there, but I need the answer to it now, which is why would somebody who has already made a wine like this lot 671 and we know it's delicious and we're talking about grapes that come from places like Mount Veter and Oakville and, you know, some of the finest grape growing dirt in the world. uh, Why wouldn't they just sell it? Why would they let you sell it? And why would they sell it to you for even cheaper than, you know, the consumer is going to buy it? There's something about that that I don't understand, but then I don't understand your business. The thing you have to understand is price point and the wine industry. Once you're an established high-end player, it's all about scarcity, the perception thereof. So anytime that you've got extra wine around and, you know, when you've got five of six big harvests behind you, very high quality, you know, you're just like, you know what, we're just going to cut bait on this wine. We don't want to ruin our price point out there and our profitability. So it's, it's much better to take a small loss on your balance sheet on the fruit than it is to try and shove that wine through the marketplace, which is extremely crowded right now, and do damage to your existing price point and, and your structure. So that's why guys, especially at the high end, often sell off wine to guys like me. Interesting. I wanted to make a comparison here between what you're doing and what we are seeing raging through the whiskey business right now. Mm. You, you know, and I see some real strong comparisons between your business model and the whiskey business, as everybody that's into spirits probably knows. Whiskey is red hot right now, and it's selling for big money, and there are guys out there that do nothing but go search out dusty barrels in somebody's barn 
and you know buy this barrel and buy that barrel and a lot of these guys are master blenders there are a number of people that are doing that out there it seems like that's your bailiwick as well i'm not aware of these other high-end barrel programs i i think right now it just seems to me that uh, there was a dearth of supply in that category but you know we're headed towards a massive oversupply because there's so much brown goods capacity being built in this country over the last couple of years anyway hey listen camera we're gonna have to cut out but you've got a line of stakes just take a second to talk about what you're doing with meats and then you and i are going to get together we're going to cook and drink and do a show together absolutely so customers could go to chwine.com or just google Cameron Hughes wine and it'll pop up and join our mailing list and you can see our assortment of wines there's usually 30 or 40 different wines at any one given time and then uh yes i have started a new project called holy grail steak company we started with this incredible portfolio of japanese wagyu and then American-raised Wagyu. And we also have some upper prime USDA mm. Black Angus that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've got dry-aged product as well. And it's an incredible assortment of steak. And we're the only place you can buy real, genuine Kobe beef from Japan, basically, unless you live by some restaurant in Texas or you're here in Millbrae, California. There's one butcher pass. Other than that, it's us. So Best steaks on the planet. All right. We're going to definitely put you to that test. And I, I'm serious, too. Yeah, I'm sure serious. I guess you're probably about four hour drive from me uh, from where I'm at. I'm going to make a date with you next week. Can't uh, wait. And I'm going to get in the car. I'm driving up there and I'm going to bring my sous vide machine as well. Oh, so, there you go. Perfect. I, lo- I love to sous vide <laughs> beef too. You know, good beef is great. All right. So, yeah, sous vide and then a sear. Nice sear on the outside. Little, little blowtorch, baby, right over the top. Yep. There Nothing you go. better. Awesome. So, so listen, I'm telling my listeners this. I'm not getting paid to say this and I, I, I seldom do this, but go check out these wines. You know, this is real quality in a bottle at a really good price. And I would be very, very derelict in my duties if I didn't tell you to check out what Cameron's doing. Great stuff. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Cameron, I love it. Thanks very much. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person. And we're going to have one heck of a fun show together. We'll Great. Do, looking forward to it. We'll do that within the next 30 days. Okay. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Cameron. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Special thanks to Cameron Hughes and my friends up at the Oregon Wine Experience. Uh, on earlier. We're going to be up there, of course, later on this year and hope to see you there as well. Uh, We'll see you here at this. Well, you, you won't see us and we won't see you, but we'll be here at this radio station. Same time next week. Talk to you then. Well, this episode of Grape Encounters is in the bag. It's hard to imagine you haven't missed some episodes, so why not hunt them down at grapeencounters.com or on iTunes Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast sites. Grape Encounter Studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. That's Central Coast wine country, baby. Come visit us. But be warned, you won't want to leave. That's okay, we have a spare bedroom. But it's 55 degrees and full of old bottles.